Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar. Colt knows Drew Stoltz. Well, we're off to a better start today. Already better. Hello. It feels good to have a pulse coming on to the do, do the intro here. Goo. What you a know, week. We had a lot of comments about our voice, which yeah. we, were, we were playing hurt. But I think it was, you know, it's a great example of what the WM Phoenix Open does to you. I was walking down the fairways this week and um, one guy yelled out, medical miracle, your voice Monday to Thursday, yeah, which I probably agree with the guy. But hey, we left it all out on the field, and that's a product of what we what we did. Look, what's our battle cry? Get amongst it. We talk about it all the time. Occasionally, we live that, and it was in our throats. I think some of it's still a little bit inside of me this week, but we're off to a, a better start. And that's look, we live that thing. You know what I mean? We can't fake it. I wish my throat didn't suck, but it did. I, I my throat was one thing, but then I I normally always listen to our teasers just to see what it's like, and. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah, I was I, my voice sucked, and then my eyes looked like I got beat up by Mike Tyson. But hey, we're we're all better now. A lot of messages uh, regarding our voices. Thank you for the concern. We're back. We are. And back. what a week to be back. That was Riviera, most fun golf tournament in a long, long time, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and the champ is not back. He's just still going. He's just staying John right there at the top. Rom five wins his last nine starts. Worst finish seventh. Mm, throw that no one big away. Deal. Made over nine million dollars already in twenty twenty three. Uh, we broke it down earlier. Per shot in 2023, he's making $6,999. Just got to shoot higher. Just hit, hit, hit it more. It more. <laughs> 91. Sorry, guys. Didn't have it. Pay me. But the stars were out. Another designated event. A battle between John Rahm and Max Homa, two of the hottest players on the planet. Oh, and by the way, Tiger Woods also teed it up. Made the cut. T45. Not what he wanted, but it was so great huh. to see the big cat back. I mean, Start of the week, especially after that practice round, he had to walk 18 on Wednesday. It was freezing. The weather was cold starting off. I mean, just playing the weekend, I think that was a, a, at a place that he doesn't play well. Like, the only place he doesn't play well. I was blown away. It was good to just see him, but, like, his speed, man. Like, we saw him at the parent-child, right? And they have the monitors out there, and it's like, you see some ball speeds. You're like, okay, are they juicing this thing, you know, just to make it look a certain way? But you get out there, and you got Rory and Justin Thomas. You're going to get a pretty good indication where he stands quickly. Dude, he was moving it 175 to 180 basically the entire week in not warm conditions. He's wearing sweaters. It was cold out there. The pop that he had uh, was really surprising me. And like T to green, I was like, yeah, this looks good enough to compete, to, yep. win, to, to win. The putter was a little shaky. But dude, when you don't play for a year, it's hard to just come in and be, and be sharp. I don't care how much you practice. Look, I got a front row seat for 54 of the 72 holes. It was incredible. My first time ever walking with him. The things he has to deal with are just crazy. The buzz in his gallery, it's so awesome. I mean, it it was truly, a, like, that's a bucket list item for me. It was really cool to see up up close and personal, to talk with him going down the fairways and just see the see the goat. Uh, he's still got so much game. The putter was a little cold, but he never really puts good around there anyway. So we're going to throw that out the window. But, man, let, let, let's get into it because, you know, what happened on Thursday is is a perfect topic for our show talk to me tampon gate huh okay yeah all right there's okay i mean do you not want to get into it no i I absolutely want to get into it i mean so here's a little joke come on that got blown way out of proportion in my opinion listen i'm sensitive to everything and all that but here's 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 a joke yeah yeah between two guys two very good friends that listen they're athletes this is sports you know, there's trash talking. You know, what is the one thing when players step away that they miss the most? The banter. Say, the banter, the plane rides, the locker room, everything. And now I get it. He's out there. There's cameras everywhere. Probably shouldn't have done it. 
Well, was it really that big a deal? At the end of the day, who cares? Like, all right, that offends you. All right, you have every right to be offended, but it doesn't mean you get to, like, cancel everything and, like, oh, this guy's a bad guy and all this stuff. By the way, he didn't get in front of a microphone and say something. It was supposed to be, like, a under-the-radar joke just between him and Justin Thomas that, you know, cameras, of course, Tiger does anything. They're going to catch it, but it's like, dude, with all the stuff going on in the world, like, is this a thing that, de that deserves attention and energy? Like, no, dude, just... Everyone's just got to let stuff slide off their backs a little. It's okay to have a joke and it's okay to not like a joke. Doesn't mean like that person's done. Like just everyone chill out. If you can't chill out in LA, by the way, where there was a heavy smog over the uh, <laughs> galleries from what I've been told by some players, sound like they were having a good time out there. Elevated event. I know they're called designated, but maybe we keep LA elevated. Like dude, just calm down. He's back. There's bigger things going on. This doesn't, this doesn't deserve it. Like attention. It doesn't at all. And every news outlet picked it up. I mean, it's just a little joke between friends. If you don't find, I mean, God, it's like, like for me, I'm just like, haha, funny. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't even that funny. It was just a stupid it's little, a little joke. joke. Like, like, dude, like, I'm no in it by here. I got 80 surgeries and I'm 46. But, I'm still in it past. But I think it's really wrong for all these writers to also assume what he meant by it. That's not fair. Speak on it. No, I'm not going to go there. That's the meaning can be, they were wrong about what the meaning was. Let's just say that. Okay. Which, yeah, they should ask him what he meant by it. He's not going to tell you, but they were they were totally wrong about it. But the fact that all these articles get written about it, it's just stupid. Like I, Fred I, Funk I, put on a dress at the Skins game a bunch exactly. of years ago when Annika drove it by him, and everyone laughed and had a giggle. And we could actually take she some, laughed at it. We could take some jokes at the time without it being like an indictment on an entire you know gender. Like it's okay. It's just a little joke. You don't if you don't like it, you don't like it. You don't have you don't have to watch. By the way. It's no, all optional. I, I just, I was like, dude, this is what we're going to freak out about now. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. Didn't see a lot of articles it. written about what he did for the young girl off number 17. When Let's he went talk over about there. that, too. I mean, I was there. I saw it. Young girl named Madeline had a sign out, said, my bucket list. First one, get a heart transplant. Check mark. Next one had two boxes. Next to it, it was meet Tiger Woods, play Augusta. Those were unmarked. Good list, by okay? the way. We're walking off 13 on Saturday and I see the girl, the dad. And I, you know, I'm not close enough with Tiger to be like, hey, dude, take a look at that. Handle sign. that. Yeah. You should maybe just do something. Acknowledge it. But I didn't, I was just going to let him do his thing. We get to 17 and there she is again. She's right behind, right where they have to walk off. And I see it and he finished the hole before the other two. So he was standing at the back of the green. You could hear Joey, his caddy, kind of like whisper something in his ear. All of a sudden, Tiger turns around, kind of sees it. Smiles, signs a glove, walks over with his Sharpie, which there's no video of this, which is what sucks. Walks over and he checks it. The meat tiger was, hands her a glove, gave her a high five if he was walking by. I mean, I can't imagine what that moment was like for Madeline. You know, we've been talking to her dad yeah. about possibly trying to help out with that third box, play Augusta. Um, a lot of people have reached out about doing something special for this young girl. But that's the stuff that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah, how about some attention on that? Yes. And it, by the way, I sent out a tweet yesterday like, hey, does anyone know how to get in contact with this young lady or her family? The amount of people that reached out like, oh, hey, her dad just tweeted this. Long story short, you and I have both been in contact with the dad. Suffice it to say, without getting into details, there are so many people who have reached out trying to help this young woman check off that final box. It's been like mind blowing, really. And that just speaks to like, that's the cool part about golf. Like that doesn't happen in basketball. That doesn't happen in football. Like that's golf. They see something and people rally to try to make it happen when someone's had a tough situation like this young girl. And it's that's all, like give that more and less about this little 
bullshit joke, just a little funny thing, like throw away, like, come on, man. But one last thing on that, like, we're finally just now starting to get all this access that everybody's been begging for for years, right? The Netflix show, Full Swing, killing it. People love it. You're getting all the behind-the-scenes action. Players are starting to open up more. It's great. The walk uh, and talk, the stroll. Everything. Yeah. Now, one little thing like this, it's going to be a massive giant step backwards because all these guys are going to be like, you know what? We don't have to do this. Like, we're not getting paid to do full swing. We're not getting paid to do all these interviews. Like, we're out. Forget y'all. Y'all going to throw us under the bus for one little stupid joke that, in my opinion, probably really shouldn't offend and it's anyone. it's harmless. Exactly. Like, I, I hate it. It's just, I think we got to be really careful here about what we're going to make a big deal out of. Yeah, it's, you want access to these guys. You want the personality. You want the behind the scenes. You want to see them have personality. But then as soon as they show, it's like, oh, not that much personality. Oh, yeah, no. I, we I, don't want to see that much. So like, all right, where's the line? And if you're a player, it's like, dude, what's my upside on this? Yeah. Nothing. All, uh, the worst case is I make, I try to be funny. I try to make a joke. It doesn't go over. Boom. Everyone gets outraged. Or I do nothing, give nothing. And they're like, oh, you're just a boring golfer. Like, you just, you got to walk that fine line with these guys. And it just, I think these, these stupid little nothings that get all this attention, it's just like, it's so unnecessary. Listen, I don't know. And there, the intent has to be taken in. And you just go to, to men's sports specifically. I mean, what do you do with your best buddies? You needle them. You trash talk. You play jokes on them. That's just what you do. That's part of it. And that's never going to change. Never. That's never. It's in the DNA. Like, that's yeah, what makes it so great. That's why we want to see, hey, mic up the practice rounds. Let's hear the needle. Let's hear all this stuff. And then, like, all of a sudden, oh, there's an actual joke. Ooh, nope. Don't do that. Intent has to be taken in. If they're like a malicious thing and a guy's like just saying something outrageous and trying to offend, like that's one thing. But a little jab, like, hey, I'm still hitting it longer than you and my back's been operated on 17 times and I'm 46. Like, dude, it's nothing. You want, I mean, how about we mic up the NBA players and see what they say to each other out there on the court? Or just how about actions, like instead of just little jokes, yeah, so that should no carry deal. more weight. Like, come on, I just, get anyways, over it, a guys. throwaway thing. Yeah. Move on. It's a nothing burger. The, Deal with Madeline was a much bigger deal. Yeah, and hopefully in a week from Jesse. now we can report some even better yeah. news regarding Madeline and her her list. But what a tournament it was. John Rahm, by the way, passed Seve yeah. for most wins. Passed Seve. He had nine wins. Now John has ten. That's his idol. Really cool to see. Battled out. Max Homa just continues to get better and better. Number eight in the world. You know, his interview afterwards, the emotions he showed. I mean, I think that's, it's just going to gain him more and more fans. But it's... That's, that's the real Max. Like, that tournament means so much to him. You know, he, he brought up the year he won when there was no fans there because of COVID. This year, 90% of that gallery was on his side rooting for the L.A. kid to pull it through. He came up just a little bit short, um, and he, he got a little emotional in his press conference. But, man, I, I'm here for it. I, we're already massive fans of Max Home. I don't sure, think we can become any is. bigger fans. But the rest of the world's starting to realize who this guy is and why, in my opinion here – Within the next two years, he'll be the number one player in the world. It just keeps climbing. I mean, you can go back, what, two years, one of the first times we had Max on, like, can you be a top 10 player? You know, that was like the goal. Like, are you that good to be top 10? Now here he is at eight. And I think if you took a snapshot of golf right now, it's Rory, Rom, Scotty, not in that order. Those three guys are pretty much staples, right? They're, when, they've been better than everybody. And now if you're adding a fourth in, like, snapshot right now, it's probably Max Homa. Yeah, I'm with you. the next guy. <laughs> you're not going to get any argument from me. I, I love it. I can't wait to see what he does. He's just got to perform well in one of the four it's, majors. It's majors now. Like, that's it. He can go win a bunch of tournaments. We all expect him to win golf tournaments. Now it's like, what do you do? In, that's when you become in that next tier. Like, you're judged on your majors. Mm -hmm. If Jordan Spieth goes out and wins twice during the year, but zero majors, not a great year. Justin Thomas, same way. Rom, Roy, name them. Now it's major championships. 
All right, well, let's get to our guest this week. This is going to be a fun one. He's a two-time PGA Tour winner, was a dominant player in college at Clemson, um, and has some very interesting stuff he wants to talk about. I don't want to spoil it all. Let's just get to it. Here's DJ Trahan on Golf Subpar. All right, folks, we are joined now by longtime PGA Tour vet, Clemson Tiger legend, two-time winner on the PGA Tour, a very interesting man to talk to who's also currently morphing into the Incredible Hulk, DJ Trahan. <laughs> what up, baby? I'm telling you, good to be here. Thanks for having me, What guys. a specimen you've turned into, huh? People I, won't recognize you if they haven't seen you in a while. I, You know, it's okay with me. I, You know, a lot of things have transpired in my life, and, um, you know, fitness and just looking after myself a little bit better was, was one of them. It's just brought me a lot of... Um, honestly, a lot of peace, you know, it's kind of like therapy for me going to the gym. And I was at a place in my life where I needed some kind of therapy and doing that was good for me. It's we're going to, we're going to get working. to that. I got to ask about this hat. Yeah. 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 What, what, what is this hat for those that are watching on YouTube? There's a frog and a bufo. Yeah. Bufo is uh is a type of uh, frog medicine. And, uh, <laughs> yes. hold on, and, right and, now, but I never heard yeah, of this. All you YouTubers out there. Um, that's been part of my journey too, in the past couple of years. And, um, it's, it's absolutely changed my life. And I was at a place where I felt like I just didn't even, couldn't even really connect with my soul anymore. I just was, what's the me, you know, that I don't know what rock bottom looks like for some people, but for me, I don't even know if it was rock bottom, but I was just kind of in this place where I was like, what am I even doing? What does all this mean? I don't even understand anymore. And, you know, I wasn't, um, I wasn't doing hard drugs or anything, but I just literally was just, I felt lost. And I had a great conversation with a guy named Taylor Massey, who I think maybe one of you, you guys, I don't know if you know Taylor, but we were at the Barbasol championship and he and I just started talking and he looked at me and he goes, man, he goes, he just like kind of the way he looked at me, I just felt the connection when he was doing it. And he goes, I think I, I, he started telling me about ayahuasca and, and I was like, oh, I was like, I've never heard of that. And then he starts explaining his experience with it and kind of what the medicine gave to him. And he said, you know, I was able to witness what it gave to a lot of other people too. And that kind of started my journey. And, and of course I was busy working and playing golf, but I thought to myself, I think I'm, I think I want to do this. And i immediately, it just resonated with me. And I, uh, that December in December of 2019, I, I found my way down to Costa Rica to the place that Taylor had uh, recommended to me, a place called Rhythmia. And uh, it changed my life. And I actually met my wife there. So um, in more ways than one. But it, it, for me, it was just the beginning of this journey from 2019 until now. And of course, Bufo is another type of medicine. And uh, it's powerful stuff too, but it's just uh, it's just changed my outlook on life a lot, and I'm well, really pleased where I'm at. Well, things are obviously in a wait. great place. Congratulations! You just recently got married. I did, yes. Baby on the way. Baby on the way, man. Rocking. Congrats! So that's good. So thank you. We're gonna get in. Need all the medicine you can get. Yeah. <laughs> I just want. Yeah, the whole baby thing. It's gonna be awesome. I've seen many friends go through it, but certainly never experienced it myself. Well, so. congratulations. We're gonna get to all that, everything you're going through right now. But gotta talk a little golf. Sure. About it, your your journey, because like you said, two time winner, yeah. fellow US. GA champion. Yes, sir. I might add. Sleaze, you were so, runner up. So There's close. a lot of great runner ups on the list. <laughs> exactly. You know, the a lot of great names didn't quite get over the hump. He even has one more than either one of us can say we have, Mr. Mm -hmm. Two Time in One Year over here. I hadn't heard. That was in the same year, wasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Shit's changed. Okay. It's okay if it changes, man, but that's um that's an accomplishment that has anyone uh, won both of those in the same year? Yeah, that Ryan Moore. Ryan guy. Moore oh, had him a little that run. Guy, Ryan Moore. He was pretty Wait good. Wait till we get on this bufo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll be back. Yeah, we're gonna be back yeah. um, when it ships. But for you, like your your golf journey is really interesting. You were a stud in college at Clemson. You got out on tour, immediately had success. But I want I want to talk a little about your golf swing. 
because you, your dad kind of mm-hmm. helped you develop it called the, the swing surgeon. Yeah, my dad, yeah. But t- tell us about this because it's it's unique. Yeah. Well, my dad believed in um, the idea of, you know, he used to tell his students all the time, he's like, is there, you know, is there a perfect golf swing? And everyone's answer was always kind of 50%, I think so, or no. And my dad always said, well, there is, It's it, but it's, you know, us as human beings with the way that our bodies are built, we can't do it. And he always said, you know, a perfect golf swing is a Ferris wheel because the club would start square at the bottom, it would come up and then it would come back down and the golf club never rotates because it's just going perfectly vertical, right? It's a 360 degree circle. But of course we have to swing on a plane because of just the way our bodies are built and the way the golf club is, you know, we literally cannot swing that way. Our fit, we physically can't do it. So my dad's teaching philosophy was always based on, you know, shouldn't we try to get as close to that as possible? So he didn't believe in the 90, 100, 110 degree shoulder turn. My dad believed in a swing philosophy that he called a little bit of turn and a lot of lift. And he said, you know, you want to keep the golf club out in front of you because if it's in front of you and it doesn't get behind you, because also when you talk about the laws of, of motion and everything else, it's, you know, for every action, there has to be an equal and opposite reaction. So if I'm back here, I certainly have to come back this way to get it to the ball. If you swing behind yourself, you can't just drop the club straight down. You hit yourself in the hip or the butt or whatever it is. So my dad believed that you need to swing the club in front of you, which is a limited turn and a lot of lifts. So certainly my golf swing looked a little awkward. I was kind of like, um, I, you know, a little bit more awkward looking, I don't know, but like a, a John Cook or even like a Jeff Sluman, you know, those guys had kind of short, fairly vertical looking golf swings, very simple looking golf swings and you know less than 90 degree turn and and when you think about it i mean as a kid i used to probably turn 90 degrees because i was so flexible but then as my dad kind of refined my swing it got less and less as i was able to kind of you know grow into my body and get a little bit more control over what was happening but you know ultimately he wanted that that philosophy and he believed that simple was better he always said the less angles we create the less problems we have to deal with you know it's it's the less angles the better and and golf is certainly a game of angles i mean if you're swinging that golf club all over the place trying to deliver it back to the golf ball square it just makes it more challenging. I don't care who you are. And I think people get lost in the in the idea of tour players, but they also don't remember this amazing fact that one, these guys are gifted from God, like they are extremely talented. And two, they've taken that gift and they work their ever living asses off and they practice, 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 reps, reps, reps. And it's like, man, if you're the guy who plays whatever, let's just call it once or once a week, twice a week, have once a month, and you expect to go out and swing that thing all over the place and, and play good golf, it's going to be pretty tough, man. Like you need to simplify. You need to try and make things as simple yeah. as possible if you want to try and create the consistency to play, the, well, quite frankly, the best golf you're capable of. So you can't look at a, a tour player who somehow found success with some very interesting or awkward looking swing and think, yeah, I want to do that. Look at how, you know, he makes that look so easy. Well, I assure you, it wasn't easy. He had to, yeah, yeah, he had to put a lot of work in. I mean, you know it. You've been there. You've played enough golf. You know it. I mean, we can all sit here, and if you're being honest with yourself, it's like these guys are exceptional. That's why they're on tour. Mm -hmm. You know, the average golfer needs to try and simplify a little bit more. That Ferris wheel is that kind of like I'm trying to think of guys right now that kind of do that, like Bryson a little, like with his upright clubs and things like that. There's some parallels, I guess, in that golf swing to what your dad taught you, right? Like he's got what are those four or five degrees upright? Like it's crazy. Just feels like the hosel sits on the ground and he tries to eliminate all those angles, I guess, minus the turn, obviously. Right. He does turn a lot, but yeah, I mean, when you look at things like that, and of course he's kind of one of those, 
I mean, he's a very scientific guy, right? Like he's thinking a lot like my dad thought about the golf swing. He's he's looking at things from like a scientific perspective, a Newtonian perspective. You know what I mean? It's like, what are, what are the angles that create things? And then there's your field players. You know, there's a lot of guys who will tell you, I mean, a perfect example, he's actually quite vertical, is a Bubba Watson, but he'll tell you he never he's never looked at his golf swing. The only time he's ever seen it is I'm sure when he happened to watch replays of himself on, on TV, you know, but he's according to him, I think he said he's never even looked on it at, on like a driving range and had his swing videoed. He just doesn't have any interest. He's such a feel player. And again, that's going less and less nowadays with all the technology and everybody's so obsessed with, you know, these unbelievable apps where you can like see every angle and now you can put these electrodes on yourself and they can put your, turn your swing into like some 4d video game. And so needless to say, we're in a we're in an era where players can examine their swings more than ever. But yes, I mean, in essence, Bryson is doing that. He does turn a lot, but you know, Bryson's trying to accomplish something that you know. Again, he's he's all about hitting the thing as far as he can, and at some point, you do need to crank that thing up. You know, I mean, I'm not trying to hit it 350. I, you know, I can be honest with you right now. Where I've struggled is through my injuries and things like that, and I just haven't been able to get my feel back where I'm, I'm hitting the ball consistently well enough. But I've always said, if I can get that feel back in my game for the comp with that confidence, anybody can compete. You don't have to hit it 350 to compete. You just gotta, you gotta hit it straight. Still, I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, it de- definitely uh, helps. Yeah, and that's stuff like Bryson eliminating variables, same length clubs with everything and all that. There, there's some parallels there. But speaking of your game, like what's what's your schedule like right now? You got to play once, I think, in the yeah, fall, yeah. right? What do you look like going forward? And where's your desire to to play golf right now? You know, I still love golf, obviously. It's given me so much in my life. It's it's given me the good and it's given me the bad. Obviously, I think part of my struggles came from just over-identifying myself with, with the, this need for, you know, the money, the success. And it was like I was this this ego-driven animal of just chasing this stuff down. And, and I think that's where my darkness kind of came in for me is because I just finally came to a point where I didn't identify with it. But it doesn't make me love the game any less. I'd love to go out and compete, but I'm a different person now on the golf course and and i mean that my troubles and my my trials and my tribulations if you will with the game have certainly you know helped that evolution in the course of things but you know i'd love to still compete i love the game i mean geez you wake up every day and you go man if i can go play golf and and do it well i can i can do really well for my family and 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 take care of things but you know i also am at a point now where i i'm somewhat surrendered to the to the reality of just going, I want to just be living in the moment. I don't want to be, you know, living that, that, that pipe dream or whatever. I mean, I got, you have to be honest with yourself. So I'm going to do what comes to me in each moment now. And if something else presented itself to me and, and I felt like it was, if it felt right to me, then I would, I would leave the game. You know, I, I don't think that my life is defined by golf and no one should, no one should ever think their life is defined by what they do. I think the most important thing is finding some sort of peace and happiness and, and contentment in whatever it is that you're doing. And if, and if you find that in your life, because I just think a lot of times I know I did, I mean, I just was so just, I don't know, one dimensional in my, in my thought that I didn't even give myself the opportunity to, 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 enjoy enjoy it in the right way even when i was mm-hmm. playing my best golf it was like i was it was like i was this beast and just chasing this 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 never-ending you know there was it's always the next thing yeah too. Yeah, yeah no matter like, what yeah i mean i remember winning the bob hope in in 2008 and you know had a party that night and celebrated and then it was like it was over and, and i'm like well, isn't that supposed to be feel different than that and it just again those were like little things like that and i was like 
is when is enough enough or when is you know and and, and i just couldn't wrap my head around it anymore in, in the way that i was like living my life and doing these things and i'm sure that's probably <laughs> i mean my physical injuries is where kind of everything started going downhill for me but you know, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, God works in whatever way God needs to work in your life. And for me, maybe it was the physical injuries and then these lingering thoughts. And and I just got to a place where I was like, what in the heck does all this even mean anymore? And I, and it was weird because it's such a weird feeling because I thought I knew exactly what I wanted. And then I was like, man, I'm just like living this delusional, like craziness. Like there's, there's got to be more to life than just chasing all the, than chasing money and, and buying the next house or the next car or the boat or whatever the hell it is I was doing at the time. And it's just like, it's like pouring all of my energy into these things that are just here and then they're gone. Just like, you know, kind of, anyways, it's, it's <laughs> trophies. I know, man, I know it's like crazy deep, but like once I started to do that, like going within myself and I'm just like, man, this stuff doesn't make you happy. You know, happiness comes from way more important things than, than, you know, all that crap. But anyways, it was, uh, you know, I would never change my journey for a second. I mean, it's been an unbelievable, I've, I've lived a very blessed and unbelievable life and i'm grateful for where i am now so that's yeah all you're obviously in a, in a great place and you know you did play some pretty damn good golf throughout your career occasionally um you, if you can recall yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, obviously we're a beast in college part of that 2003 clemson ncaa championship team but you also won the publics mm. which got you into the masters see take us through through what you remember about that week you had quite the pairing I did. I told you a little while ago. Uh, when I got there, it's really, I don't know how they did it with you, but it was really. I don't neat. know. I skipped it. Oh, I yeah. well, so I have no idea. Some hey, of some so of you us didn't ask him about it though, so that's good. Well, you know, I, I'm just one of these people that I'm like, wow, invite to the Masters, but I mean, I, I wasn't as good as you, Colt, so I decided to play the Masters. <laughs> but um, you know, for me, it's like when I got there, it you know, they kind of. I kept hearing through the grapevine that you could maybe like make a hint of who you'd like to play with. And of course, as long as it wasn't the, if you're the U S amateur champion, you certainly know who you're, you're going to be playing with a defending champion, but you know, as a pub links champion or the British amateur champion or the U S mid am champion. And I was like, well, I was like, man, I just always liked the way Freddie played golf, you know, so just looks so loose and, and effortless and, and underneath all that, you just knew there was a guy that just wanted to, you know, obviously he was a, he was a competitor. He wanted to win and he was a great champion. So I'm like, I always admired that about Fred Couples. And so I, I'm, I let it be known that I'd like to get paired with him. And sure enough, when the pairings came wow. out, I had Fred and then Stuart Appleby. And I know you know Stuart. And, and do you know Stuart at I all? I know Stuart. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. No. Appleby, you don't know. You Fred, have, yeah. A really great guy. I mean, so laid back, easygoing. And so it was an amazing pairing because Freddie obviously has that demeanor. And Stuart, even though he was a, 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 a dogged competitor, he was extremely gracious in that pairing. And, you know, I I, I know for sure as a – as a as a seasoned veteran like those guys kind of were i mean i know it was only 2001 so but but they had both had plenty of experience and i'm sure when the pairings come out and you see you're kind of playing with an amateur you know it's not your normal situation and and it is a major and i don't know if guys would kind of be like ah daggone it you know i got paired with an am but you know those guys were amazing and it just you could tell that they had a lot of uh, appreciation for the game and where they were and 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 they held incredible space for me i mean they made it a true pleasure to play and then i Banged out a 78-75. And, uh, <laughs> and Suck on that, boys. Yeah, how about that, boys? And then I, so I, I packed up my bags and went home back to Clemson on, on, on Saturday. Make your money while you can. That's, Daddy's that's, coming. That's There's right. Plenty more of that in the tank. <laughs> yep, I got my butt kicked in two days at the Masters, but I had a hell of a good time. It was the best 78-75 I yeah, ever Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Did you play any practice rounds with anybody cool? 
You know, I played the par three, uh, Driscoll, the the legend oh, himself, oh, yeah. the Driz. Me and James Driscoll, we uh, we pegged it in the par three with the King, which was did oh, you really? Which was that's a epic. good, that's a nice week, regardless yes. of the scores. Yes, my week was incredible. Practice rounds were were great too. Um, oh my goodness, looking back, who did I play with it? Um, who you cares? Know what, who you cares? got, you got Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Yeah. yeah, you know that's literally twenty over twenty years ago, and I, my memories are are you know playing with Freddie and Stewart and those guys being so gracious and um and and then obviously you know Mr. Palmer was uh, his is he's so Mr. Jealous. Palmer. I mean the guy just literally one of one. Well, dude, that's it. I mean we're all one of one, but he's like he's he's an obviously the man was exceptional and he was a true pleasure to play nine holes of par three golf that's with. That's so cool. And yeah. you turned pro to what, 2003, I believe? Yeah, right, right, at, right and after you come in, I mean, that's like peak Tiger. Like, it was. he was doing it. What, do you yeah. give me your first time, do you, you saw Tiger Woods hit a golf ball, or oh. what you thought, the first time teeing it up against him, like first impression? Well, I was playing on those uh, sponsor invites, obviously, that summer, and, and you know, Tiger being Tiger, obviously he was playing what many would consider to be a limited schedule because he played 16, maybe 18 tops a year, obviously even in his peak. And rightfully so. I mean, he, you know, when you're freaking winning 50% of the time, who needs to play a lot of golf? You're just cherry picking and doing what you do as the, as the number one guy. But I didn't really get to see him because again, in, through that summer golf, you're talking the majors and then those like kind of WGCs or whatever, and even back in those days. So the, the tournaments I was playing were, you know, right out of the gate, I played DC at, um, at Avenel and then I got into like Connecticut. So I'm playing in not necessarily off weeks, but just not the particular weeks that Tiger Woods was playing. So I didn't really get to run into Tiger much there in the beginning of my career. And then I, I went to Q school and, and missed my card by a couple year on the nationwide and then my rookie year being 05. Um, and now looking back again, almost 20 years ago, I can't even remember the first time I saw Tiger because do you like the first time I saw Tiger was on TV when he was an 18 year old whipping everybody's ass in the USAM, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, Tiger Woods, his life has been documented and as, as it should have been. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously there's the argument who's the greatest, but, uh, you know, it, who cares between him and Jack, we've been blessed to see two incredible, unbelievable careers. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, for me, it's almost like you know, I don't want to say you're numb to like seeing him in person for the first time, but when you see him on TV no, as much as you yeah. did, you're just—I mean, it's like you're kind of like, oh, there's Tiger, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I mean, I, we didn't coincide in college at all because he is five years older than I am. And um, but yeah, I mean, it was obviously—I'm sure the first time I saw him, I was like, yeah. That, that guy. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Yeah, really, did you really get good. better than everyone. Did you get paired with him? At yeah, all? I played with him at the memorial, and it, and what a treat it was. Uh, you know, we had there was rain delays that year, and and we played together on Sunday with Jason Gore. So oh, legendary, oh, very. Wow. So obviously, he and Jason are very good friends. Grew up together in California, playing a lot of golf together, and uh, so it was kind of fun because it was a good dynamic, and and we were kind of middle of the pack. I want to say we started the Sunday's round like probably. 20 something 20 somewhere between 20th or 25th and and i tell people i'm like that's that until you played with tiger when he was peak and i was playing still playing in it but that year was oh my gosh maybe 08 07 08 09 somewhere in there i can't even remember the exact year but you know you you, you when you play with him you're like oh oh okay now now i get it you know he shot 67 that day and I and I pulled my tee shot in the water on 18 to make dub and i think i shot like one over and i got done and i was like damn, I kind of thought I hung with that guy all right today, but he beat my ass by six shots. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was amazing. You mentioned like playing with him and all this 
stuff that goes on with it. Like this past week was my first week ever being with him. I covered his group. Oh, good. Three days. Good. And the, the amount of people and the shit that goes on in between holes, just lining the, the walkways to get hole to hole. Like there's nothing like it. You can be paired with anybody else. The, the two, three next biggest superstars. It's yeah. nothing compared to what Tiger Woods goes through each week. Oh gosh. I still remember it. I can't remember if we were coming down the first or the second hole. And I thought to myself, <laughs> I'm like, wow, this guy deals with this every week. This dude, just starts yelling at the top of his lungs. And he's like, Tiger! I mean, I, I, I don't even want to yell into the mic because I'm scared people will have to like turn this off. And he's yelling, it's so loud and he's screaming. And all I'm thinking is, I'm like, bro, you are legit going to have an aneurysm and just drop dead over yeah. there. I mean, he's like, not even taking, he's not breathing. He's just, Tiger, Tiger, he's yelling it. And I'm like, holy shit and 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 of course you saw it this weekend and it's it's you know again it's it's um it's beyond fanatical in certain ways but it's it's really remarkable it was remarkable to see i mean people obviously love the guy and he's he's an amazing champion so he's done so much for the game it's been that way every time he's teed it up for the past 25 years it's unbelievable and it doesn't turn off like that's inside the ropes once he's done it's like though the line of people trying to get signatures and oh just to get to the car just to do little basic shit that everyone takes for granted it's like it's not the same for him dude Dude, he started the whole detail on saturday he started on 10 at riv we get to 18 he's in 41st place in the hill look like a Sunday afternoon for the final group. Yeah. I'm just like, this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's just, he, he can't win the golf tournament and still he has the biggest gallery by far. Yeah. And you had John Rahm and Max Homa in the last group. Right. And I mean, that's not going to, that's certainly only going to, in my opinion, be enhanced. I mean, we all obviously with Tiger's life being so public and bless his heart, he hasn't really gotten to experience, you know, the kind of privacy that most people would enjoy to have. You know, you can tell the man, you know, he's gone through his physical problems and, and, you know, we all have to sit back and just go, wow, let's, um, let's enjoy when we do get to see him. And and anyone who's hopeful that they're going to be seeing Tiger on the reg is, is just an absolute pipe dream because, you know, that body is, is where, is where it's at. And, you know, if anyone's capable of, of winning at the, at our level with the condition of their, we all know it's Tiger. I mean, his talent is unprecedented. And he's proved it in 19 when he won that Masters. I mean, that was truly remarkable, truly remarkable. And I'm sure he would be willing to say the same thing. But again, it's like if his body holds up and he can compete, oh, we no all doubt. know he can do it. But now the question but is, can he do that's it? That's one thing like a lot of people on social media, like Tiger played. He hadn't hardly played at all. And yeah. we covered pretty much every single shot of yeah. it. People on Twitter, why are you showing him? He's the 40th, he's, he's 40th in the tournament right now. He right. can't win all this. I'm like, this might be the last round we ever see him play. Sure. Like we're gonna Every, show it. That's that's the reality. Yeah. Every time he tees it up, yeah. could be the last time. Yeah. Like that's re- it sucks, but that's real. Well, you know, it's kind of great to to hear the to to hear and feel that vulnerability. I mean, even top players, no one likes to admit it, but I mean, any any swing could be your last. Any tournament could be your mm-hmm. last. I mean, I, I haven't watched that uh, live documentary thing that's like a two part series yet, or not, you know, or whatever they just came out with the Netflix full the swing. Netflix full swing. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but it was popped up on the preview the other night when we were sitting at the house, and I noticed the one thing that really resonated with me was in that preview when Justin Thomas was like, you know, I might win fifty more times. I may never win again. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just the way golf is. And it truly is. And I mean, when someone with a talent of a Justin Thomas, 
you know, I'm, I don't, I mean, again, our mind is a very powerful thing. So I do, I'm pretty sure Justin Thomas believes he's going to win again. But if you really look at the reality of it, I mean, an injury could sidetrack your career and end it, whatever it is. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's, it, it, what I heard in that moment was cherish it. And I can tell people the same thing, cherish it. I mean, I got injured and then I went through other things and, and when you see things kind of not necessarily slipping away, but just kind of like, wow, okay, my reality's changing here. It's, uh, you know, everything in life, change is inevitable. How you change, who knows, you know? But I mean, when you looked at a 21-year-old tiger and you saw this athlete that just looked like, you know, you could shoot him with, you know, I don't know, men, missiles, and they just bounce off of him. <laughs> and now, you know, you see a man that just looks I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but he looks broken and he is, I mean, the leg, the back, the hip, the knee, I mean, everything that he's gone through and it's like change is inevitable and, and it, how it's going to happen to each of us is, you know, we don't know moment to moment. So, you know, I really appreciated Justin saying that just because I, I feel you, man, you yeah. know, I mean, and he's just relating to golf. I mean, let's talk about any other aspects of life. Like it's just going to happen. That's just the way life is. So it's, uh, you know, and to see, like you said, what do you mean you're upset about Tiger? Why, why are we showing Tiger? Because damn, dude, this is one of the greatest uh, players, if not the greatest. Yeah. Without yeah. him, there's no Rom, there's no Justin yeah. Thomas. All these other yeah. dudes you want to see, they don't exist. They might not yeah. even be playing golf. Yes. This thing I might mean, not even be on TV. This man changed the game, and more importantly, he was our greatest champion, one of the two greatest. I swear. I, I mean, like I said, there's an argument for both. I, I just mean, think the easiest way to say it is Jack Nicklaus has the greatest golf resume. Tiger's the greatest golfer we've ever seen. I like that. I like that. I mean, a lot. he did things Fair. no one else could do. It's just, it's very simple. It really and is. And he missed such a huge chunk of his career due to injury. It's yes. like, you can't really, like, Jack had so many more cracks. Very true. So right. it's like, you want to dive into whatever. it? Let's go, man. Let's okay. go to the so juice. I wanna, juicy. I know nothing about what we're about to talk about. The most I've yeah. heard about it is what you told me on the phone the other day and what I read from Dan Rappaport's article with Morgan Hoffman sure. down in Costa Rica, yeah. which is actually. You ran into Morgan, I believe, yes. as you were leaving. I was there the week before Morgan was there in 2019. And I say there's been a few times in my life when I've just been like, oh, shit, surprised. I mean, to be in the middle of Costa Rica after just sitting and drinking ayahuasca for four nights and I'm literally sitting there and I'm going through my process after the fact and in walks Morgan Hoffman and I'm like, I mean, no offense to Morgan, but he would have been the one of the last people yeah. I would have assumed would be drinking ayahuasca. He was like, I just figured he was like this... Every time I looked at him and I was like, this guy is straight by the book. He's just like not, not a hair out of place. And I'm like, and I appreciated that so much because whatever, you know, he was, I think to my knowledge, he's, he found his way to the medicine, you know, trying to heal himself physically, but as you know, muscular dystrophy, muscular yeah. dystrophy. Mm -hmm. And, 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 um, and ayahuasca has been known to, to heal people of physical ailments. And, and so it's, um, you know, I can understand, and, and but I, but again, I'm sure he got so much more from that medicine than than the hopes of healing that. It, it does so much more for one than 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 hoping to heal yourself physically. Uh, but yeah, I, I was completely surprised, and and it was just one of those like holy crap moments in my life. Did you talk to him? Like, yeah, like, we had a did? little conversation. He had just gotten married, and he was there with his wife, and he was uh, he was going on a medicine journey. I believe he was doing Rhythmia that week, and then he told me I think they were staying another week or two he to, stayed like a year i think well, he's opened he his up, own yeah. hasn't he yeah yeah i mean yeah. I, I at the time I, but that just i yeah. try to tell people i'm like you know these are not drugs this is truly medicine people have been sitting with this medicine for thousands of years and and the and a lot of these other plant medicines for thousands of years and they've guided them into these places of of discovering themselves like i really felt like i was losing touch with my soul like i just felt empty and i wasn't you know i, I was telling you earlier i was like the irony of like 
we don't ever know what people are going through. And for years, you know, we, you and I would get on the PGA Tour player app and you get on there and it's like, oh, I want to go to commit to a tournament or whatever. I just need whatever random crap you need to look at. And they've got our little portal app. Now you get on there and the first thing it says on the top of it is mental wellness. And I'm like, hmm. That's very, very interesting to me that now and now in this day and age, and of course, I don't know if that's because of all the trauma from COVID or whatever you want to call it, but all of a sudden now there's this massive little thing that you can click on on the top of there to go and, and I don't know, I haven't clicked on it because I thought, quite frankly, I don't want to, I don't think I need a therapist. I've, I mean, this plant medicine stuff's pretty great. It truly is. And and I don't, I'm not knocking therapists, but I read a lot of self-help books and did all that stuff before I found my way to plant medicine and nothing has helped me. And I read a lot of books because I was searching. I was lost and I was searching. And it, it's just one of those things where for me, I'm like, there's proof in the pudding. Like no one is exempt from pain and suffering. Everyone experiences it. If you're living life, you know, to be in denial of that is just a, a lie you're telling yourself. And I tried to tell myself that lie for a long time meaning I pushed it down and mm -hmm. I, and I didn't, I wasn't being honest with myself. I and more importantly, I just wasn't allowing myself to be vulnerable. What I discovered most through my journey to this point is like the vulnerability that I was not willing to have for myself. You know, as a man, I feel like so many men are like, I need to be there. I need to be strong. If I, if I show this vulnerability, you know, it makes me look weak or I'm weak and I'm, I'm insufficient. And I, that means I can't handle my shit. And it's, it's actually, to me, it's the exact opposite. It takes real strength and real power to admit you're vulnerable and, mm -hmm. and then to open yourself up. Because one thing I've also learned is I was kind of on this like one way path and I was very focused on just me. And it doesn't mean that I didn't care about my friends and I didn't enjoy my friends in my life. But ultimately I was just like walking this narrow, narrow path. And it was just like, all right, I'm doing my thing. And, you know, if I need to, you know, whatever, attend to a few little things outside, but I was, it was very selfish. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do believe honestly that for, for greatness to happen, you do have to have a little bit of that selfishness. I don't think the Tiger Woods or the greats could, could do what they did if they, if they didn't go into their own little bubble, but you know, and, and they weren't able to, 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 to be in that element. Right. But at the same time, it taught me so much about compassion and caring for others and I remember, I mean, I used to look at people and, and it was like, if I had a reason to be like, man, look at that guy right there. He looks pitiful. You know, now I don't, I don't see it that way at all. I look at people and I'm like, man, I finally looked at myself and I saw my pain and I saw my, you know, all of my, I, I don't even know if I want to call them demons, but just my darkness, right? My shadows. And when you stare and, and you actually look into your shadows of yourself, and I call it like the lower self, higher self, you know, all these things that are just kind of like compressing you and keeping you down and ayahuasca what it did and 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 bufo and iboga and and wachuma i mean i dude I've, i promise you i can go on and on with these medicines that <laughs> i've sat with keep talking. yeah the names and, 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 him getting and, and, and well wachuma san pedro and then and then and then psilocybin and you know it's funny to me because again I, for the longest time when i when my ego was not allowing these changes for me i remember growing up and thinking you hippies that are eating mushrooms and bunch of stoners and even though we were smoking pot but i looked at somebody that was you know chowing down on mushrooms and thought they were you yeah. know thought they were just some you know off for some magic carpet ride and now i understand that it is it is amazing what these medicines they're not drugs they're medicines and i mean i don't know i can't speak for morgan but i can speak for myself it changed my life. And I mean, the amount of like compassion and love and sympathy that I just have for 
being human in general is is amplified times a million billion whatever you want to call it you know and it's allowed me to live my life more with acceptance and more importantly to to accept everyone around me for who they are because i understand that like i i look i i like yesterday i i'm only on instagram but i love the little things that just kind of resonate and it was talking about like the butterfly effect and it's like you know if you just put that little ripple out there you don't know how it might truly positively affect someone. But if you, you know, you can also have a negative ripple, meaning if you choose in a moment to, to not be loving and not be encouraging or compassionate to someone, man, that can really, you don't know, but it could really deeply hurt someone or affect someone. And I know that I've hurt plenty of people in my life because of where I was and because of my selfishness and because of just where I was in my life. And now it's like, you know, I, I'm like I'm more interested in the peace and the quiet and the and the and the finding that happiness, which I I just like I said, man, I just don't look. I don't even care about money anymore. I truly don't. I'm like fuck money. Mm -hmm. It doesn't buy happiness. It doesn't make anything great. And I, it's like people out there that want to be like, what do you mean? I mean, like you work your ass off to make all this money, and I'm like, well, I mean, you know, there's a seven-time Super Bowl champion that most people thought had the hottest wife in the world. And they just got divorced. So you mean to tell me that there's not, he's not dealing with, they weren't dealing with, with life. Like, like happiness is like, what is it? Like, I mean, to try and define it, it's, it's for each person to, to work on and find for themselves. And that's where my compassion comes in because I'm like your journey and your journey and my journey all look different. You know, we all grew up in a different household and, you know, we, we all grew up with whatever belief system that we grew up in. So it's, you know, your journey is sovereign, your journey and my journey, they're all sovereign. Like holding space for someone is just being there and saying, no matter what your life looks like, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. And if you feel like there's anything I can do for you, then I would try my best to do it. Right. If I can't, then I can't. And that's just the way it goes. That's why, you know, life is like crazy like that. But the medicine gave me a space where I could finally see these things. And I was like, not shameful. It helped me to deal with like the shame and the guilt and, and all these other things in my life that just kind of made me feel like crap, dude. I have this so is the many, deepest shit I've ever heard. Yeah, this is I have so many questions. One, I, got a this is gonna, I have a million. Okay, well, this is going to be stupid, but I just want to get it out there because the, the only first time I ever heard of ayahuasca was mm -hmm. when Aaron Rodgers came out and said it. Yeah. So I still don't know what the hell it is. Ayahuasca is um, it's a plant, it's a vine, and and again, the, it's a medicine, and they brew it, and it's it's from down in in South South America. I mean, it's native to the Amazon. And you drink it. Yeah, you yeah. drink it. Like and how it, much? Uh, well, uh, what's uh, it it's, taste like? It tastes awful. Yeah. That's <laughs> and, what I've reckoned. It, tastes it, it does. And I, and I tell people, well, that's the other thing I've learned about plant medicine is that, you know, if, if it was eating, like eating your beautiful double Dutch chocolate, you know, birthday cake, I'm sure many people would line up to do it. I mean, there, it is an, it is an act of surrender because you're having to check your ego at the door and then trust that what this medicine is going to give me is for, I mean, it's a, it's, it's fear. You're facing your fear because you're going into this unknown territory. I mean, I can't reckon it to the, you know, related like, but I specifically remember how excited I was to drive a car. The first time I, I, I went and got my learner's permit and my dad was super cool. And he's like, all right, man, you can drive home. And I'm like, for real? We hadn't even really done any driving practice. And my dad was like, all right, take it on the highway. I was nervous as shit. I was so scared. And, but yet I made it home. And, and even though I was 10 and two and I was so worried, but my dad had enough faith in me 
and trusted me enough. And I, I don't know, maybe because I drove golf carts as a kid growing up. So he just figured I'd get the car thing figured out. But we <laughs> drove, thing. it was 15, 20 minutes from the driver's place to the house. I mean, it was a solid drive on the highway. And my dad just let me take the wheel. And I mean, if one, it took faith from him, but two, I mean, I had to face that fear in that moment too. And I could have just been like, no, nah, dad, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't want to do this. I mean, that's a perfect example for me because I was, I was scared to death. I was like, damn, what if I wreck? And, and that, and I remember when I had that first cup of ayahuasca in my hand, I was like, what in oh, the boy. hell am I doing? But I knew I needed to. And so I, 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 I just overcame that fear and I drank it. And I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like you drink it and it's like, boom, off into the astrals or anything. I mean, these medicines are truly... I know this sounds, I don't know how it sounds, but they're divine. Like they give you what you need. And, you know, it's not like drinking beer and getting drunk and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm drunk. I mean, every single person that sits with that medicine, it's giving them an individual experience for themselves because it's working with your subconscious mind and it's taking you into, into your shadows and it's showing you what you need to help you heal. So what'd you, oh, yeah, okay. what happened? I got it. I got it. So you, you drink the ayahuasca, you mm -hmm. chug it, whatever you do, it's in your system. From what you can recall, take us through, all right, this is when it starts to kick in. This is what happens. This is how long it lasts. Like your experience for what you can tell us, like what, yeah. what happens that all of a sudden you come out the other side, like a different enlightened person. Yeah. What is it? Um, it we're in Iowa. We just took it. What's yeah. That? Yeah. So it typically, it takes a little while. I mean, you drink that first cup and you go down and you sit down and you, and you kind of, lack of a better term, they want you to almost kind of meditate. You know, you just want to sit there and be at peace. It's very quiet. And then again, things start happening. Whether people are seeing things, you have the purging with ayahuasca. Yeah. So you vomit and you and you poop and all these things. And I uh, know, man, right? It's yeah. like you can laugh about it, but it's like, hey, man, if it's if it's time to get rid of the shit that's holding us down, then you know it's it, you know it's like I said, it's not eating birthday cakes and 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 having a good old time. So it's again, it's it, you know, it's a process of surrender, and you know that it's going to take you through these things. But I mean, there's people. I mean, the weird thing is, is ayahuasca has actually been very gentle with me to, up to this point, and I guess I've probably sat in sixteen or eighteen ceremonies now. I mean, um, but it's yeah, no, I I I I guess I'm one of those people who when it you know when the when Pandora's box gets opened and I'm and something as amazing as that it, it comes into my life, I'm like, nah, there's. There's no turning back because work is never done. You know, I mean, like for instance, you know, John Rom won that golf tournament yesterday. He's not just going to go put the clubs up and tell the masters, right? I mean, he's going to be working on that game. And, and the same thing is life when you're doing this work to overcome our, our, our traumas, our shadows, the things that we, you know, I say it's those things that we bury deep within us. And sometimes we're very aware of it and sometimes we're not. And what ayahuasca and some of these medicines really do is they, kind of bring into your awareness a lot of things that you had pushed so far deep down inside you that you're you you just you don't even really remember them so they help you remember and one of the big things that they have at rhythmia there they talk about re-emerging with your soul and you know i i it's just it's 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 really hard to describe because for me it's more of an energy because again some people experience like surgeries like celestial they call them like celestial surgeries where like these aliens come in and they and they do all these and again that's like the psychedelic of it but it's it's like a it's like a spiritual experience though it's not just like you know magic carpet rides with pink elephants and things like that i mean this is like you, you, I, I tell You're people, like I can describe it to you all, you all I want, but you truly have to experience this to have a, 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 a real understanding of it. But I've seen what these medicines can do. And I mean, some of the stories I could tell you, it's pretty, pretty unbelievable. But so like, 
Didn't Morgan come out of it saying like what his experience was like, I felt like I was like when he was vomiting and doing, I was like, that was the sickness, like leaving my body and yeah. all this type of stuff. So like when you wake up from it, how long does it last? It, like, you know, the ceremony will go all night. And again, they'll offer other, they'll offer you to come up and drink more medicine. So, you know, uh, depending on who's running the ceremony and how they run it, but most typically, you know, you'll start right after dark and some shamans will, you know, the, the, the Colombians drink all night and they serve yahe which is their medicine and then certain other cultures they may go from like till one or two in the morning i mean it really just depends on who's facilitating the ceremony what you know what sham what their what their traditions are but um it's a nighttime ceremony and um and and yeah and i mean you can see i mean i've heard people screaming i mean just you know and you know that something is it, they're screaming because they're purging they're letting go of something and and again, it goes back to what I was talking about with that vulnerability. And it's like, what we do is we hold on. I was holding on so tightly to my, to my, to all my shit. And, you know, and on the outside, I'm sure my friends thought I was fine and even my family. And, but inside, like I said, it was like, there was this emptiness and, and I just felt like I was just disconnected from everything. I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't find anything that, 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 that felt, you know, that felt meaningful anymore. And it was because I had that shame and that guilt and it was showing up in my life, man. I mean, my relationships with girls, terrible, you know, cheating on, on my girlfriends and, and, and yet then turning around and telling them I love them. And it's just like, I mean, I was so damaged and so wounded. And it's like, if you can't come to this place where, and it's like, it's like the contrast builds, you know, like for me, it just kept building and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And then I had that conversation with Taylor at, at the Barbasol. And, and at that point, I mean, I wasn't at rock bottom, but when he told me about ayahuasca, I was just like, wow, that sounds amazing. I was like, and, 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 it, and it, for me, it, I don't know, it just resonated with me. And again, like people that are watching this, some people will be like, oh, that sounds interesting. And other people will be like, that sounds like the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. If it's for you, it's for you. I always say the medicine, when the medicine calls, you go. I just, that's the other thing I've learned. I mean, like, I have to share this because it was, it was so meaningful to me. I had two friends come out this past week and we sat with, with, um, with, a, with Bufa, with, with the toad medicine. And, and it was, it, it was such an amazing experience for me to be there and hold space for them because I know what that medicine has given me and they were in a really tough spot in their lives and, and, and they had to surrender to that vulnerability that I'm talking about. And my one buddy said, he goes, I don't know what to do. He goes, I, 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 I've tried everything. I, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, if you trust me, I, I would love for you to come out here and sit with this medicine. And he did. And he trusted me. And when he left after doing that medicine, you know, I received a really good text and, and from, from one of my buddies saying, you know, basically lack of a better term, thank you. And the other one called me and the, 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 the joy that I felt in, in his voice and just in his demeanor, you know, it changed, it's changed his life. And he's just, I mean, this was the first medicine he'd ever sat mm -hmm. with and all these things. And these medicines are for real, man. And again, you know, uh, you know, my buddy, he was taking the antidepressants and doing this and doing that all the normal regimen, right? Like, oh, you're not doing well here. Take this pill here. Take that, do that. You know, when he was drinking too much and smoking weed and it was like, he was numbing, right? Numbing, numbing, numbing. And I've been there. I did it, man. I smoked the weed. I drank the booze. I, I, you know, I chased the girls. I mean, it was like, all I was doing was just trying to turn down this, this, you know, volume of this thing inside of me, trying to call me back to, you know get my sh shit together. And, and I understood where he was at. And so, 
you know, and I think everyone's there. I'm sorry, but if you're living life and you're trying to say that you haven't experienced pain or suffering in some way, not. Yeah. yeah, man, you're lying yeah. your ass off. Let me ask you, like, so what's what what's a daily routine now for you? Because you say sit with these medicines. Is it like, is it every day? No, it- no. You sit with them when you're called to sit with them. I don't sit, I, no, by no means. I mean, uh, now some people have dedicated their lives to, you know, to these medicines, meaning, but in their case, they're, you know, they, they're they're serving medicine and yeah they'll sit they're sitting with it too but as facilitators or or they become shamans and and you know that's just their path right like they're called into these medicines deeply enough that they they dedicate their lives to them but no i mean i certainly haven't gone that far i, I the medicine served their purpose for me and and it's been great and i try and tell people i'm like you know i'm sure some people think i'm you know crazy as hell but and I'm okay with that because I'm, I, you know, I know how I feel and I'm grateful and, and it's made such a huge impact on my life. And quite frankly, it brought me back into this connection with, with my spirit, with my soul. And I felt lost. And I think that when we, when we truly get lost in life, it's when we get fine, you know, like we forget who and what we are. And ultimately it's like, yo man, one day we're going to be gone. And if you have any level of spirituality about you, then you believe in your soul and, and the, you know, eternal thing and with God and all that stuff. And these medicines kind of just brought that awareness to me again. And I found this love and reverence for the eternal journey and not just, that's what I mean by like, I quit feeling this need to chase the, the money or this or that and all these things outside of myself. And I was like, the real stuff is inside of you. And if you can go within and find that peace within, then you realize that all that stuff outside of you, it's just kind of, it's just a distraction. It's like a delusion, you know, they call it the cosmic drama, you know, and it's, um, and, and I mean, really the, the happiest things, I mean, all you gotta do is go look at the Buddha quotes and all these things. And it's just these simple things when they come across you, these beautiful little snippets of, of wisdom. And you're like, Hmm, wow, that sounds pretty, pretty simple, but he's not talking about going and partying his ass off and getting drunk and and forgetting his problems no he's talking about going within and you know actually taking a good you know loving look at at yourself and and life in general so do you look at yourself like pre-medicine and then like a rebirth and then like you look at dj tran 2015 whatever name the year you're like i don't like that's a different that's not even the same dude no it's not i mean i'm yeah i mean i'm evolving i'm changing and i'm i'm very proud of that and i'm I'm not ashamed of who i was by any means i mean i don't really feel like i was a bad person did i treat some people badly sure yeah i mean i can honestly you have to be able to admit that that when you know that you've made poor decisions with people and and all i can do is say i'm sorry what can i do i can't change it's the past so right now it's about what am i doing now and and then how am i going to move forward and if you can't find that kind of forgiveness for yourself if you keep living with that that anger or that shame or that hate you know like that doesn't that doesn't help anybody in any way or form right like like i I mean i'm not a parent yet but we were talking about that before we started and i do have a baby on the way but like I'm sure when our kids mess up, you know, you're like, you know, you, I'm sure you probably just have that moment. You're like, what are you doing? And then all of a sudden you look at them and you're just full of love again, because you know, that's, you know, that it's just the way it is. Or when you look, someone told me the other day, they're like, what about when you just look into a baby's eyes and you just see that just perfect, innocent glow in their eye. And it just fills you with this unconditional love. And it's like, why can't we look at ourselves that way? Why do we got to beat ourselves up so damn much? Why? Because we're grownups. What? We don't deserve it. And I used to feel that way, like, oh man, I mean, I've made, you know, doing this and doing that and, you know, blah, 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 whatever bullshit I was going through in the moment. 
And that's just not the way it is, man. It, you know, we all need to go back and understand that at our core, in our, in our essence, it's like we were created with divine love. Like, why are we giving ourselves anything less? That's just a choice you're making. And I was choosing to, to self-loathing, pity party, blaming, guilt, shaming, all that crap. And now I just see it as, now again, when you, when you start to heal, of course you're putting yourself in less of a position to be in those circumstances. Because when you heal, when these awarenesses are come through you, when you're letting go of this stuff, obviously you're gonna change, it's gonna change how you feel about yourself, how you act. And, and then, you know, so part of healing isn't like, oh, let me just keep rinsing and repeating. Healing is about seeing those things for what they were, accepting yourself, loving yourself. But then if you're truly healing, you're, you're you know, you're becoming better. And, and that's what the journey's all about. You know, it's not about, you know, wh- how much money can I make and how this, that, and the other. I mean, you want to, I, I want, I want to, excuse me. I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I want to live my life so that I can feel like, you know, I did, I did soul's work. I wasn't just running around, you know, trying to take, like, I want to be a, I want to be a giver. I want to be of service. You know, I want to be there for people. I want to be there for myself first and foremost, because if you're there for yourself, then you're available to be there for other people. But like, I want to be there for people. I, I mean, seriously, I don't, I, I can't even see myself judging anyone anymore because it's like, what the, what the hell is the point? Like, that's what that person is on their experience on their experience on their journey and it's like i don't know shit about where where why that person said that or acted that way because i don't understand anything about their hurt their pain what they've gone through but what i can do is i can hold space and just be like i love you like i can sit here and be like i love you i love you i do because we're all one i know that that's another one of those things where people hear and they're like oh okay whatever but if you really take a good long look inside, like inside of yourself and like search your soul, no one is any better than anyone else. That's something that I didn't understand a long time ago either. It was I was always trying to be the best. You know, you understand that as a competitor, you're like, if I'm second, I'm the first loser. Are you? Are you really? I mean, I get I get that you want to win, but like you're going to, you know, you're going to hold yourself to that, you know, that standard. I Man, don't know. Things have, That's yeah, sports. it's obviously changed things have changed a lot for you in the yeah last. they have man you got and any I, of this bufo on you nope but uh <laughs> you know uh, it's uh it's it, it honestly it's my it's my favorite medicine but i mean some of these other ones that i've sat with are extremely powerful and uh i mean the the one that changed my truly changed my life was iboga and it was the scariest thing i've ever experienced in my life and yet i'm still grateful for it damn <laughs> so yeah. wow and it didn't Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Morgan Hoffman? Doesn't he have like starting to develop muscle again? Like yeah. all these American doctors said, nope, it's just yeah. it's gonna happen. So like it's, we can slow it, but we can't stop it. Now yeah. like it's like this. Mm-hmm. Reading his story, which is the first I think a lot of people in it's golf inspiring. heard about it. Like you, you can just look at the facts, even if you're doubtful of all the other stuff. Like yeah. all right, they told him he's never gonna get well. Nothing could be done. All yeah. this stuff. We don't have the technology or medicine for it. And then boom, this happens. And it's like oh, it's I'm, working. Like there's. Yeah. You can be a skeptic, skeptic all you want, but yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, I, 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 I've been a skeptic. We've all been skeptics, and and you know, I, I truly mean it when I say it. But I mean, when you take an antidepressant, you're not healing your depression. All you're doing is you're making yourself maybe a little bit more functional because it's numbing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like it's 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 putting a chemical into your brain that's helping you feel less depressed. I mean, you sit with these medicines and when you, when you, when like they take you to these places where you can truly like let go, healing is letting go where it doesn't have a power over you and control over you anymore. And, and, and I just, 
I mean, again, like you name one antidepressant that's doing that. I, I specifically remember last year, and I like to tell people stories because I was at the Phoenix Open and I met a guy and we literally were sitting there and we struck up a conversation about psilocybin mushrooms. And he happened to have a friend with him who was a former SEAL. And this guy and I got into this conversation about just life and kind of our journey. And obviously I was sharing with him some of my medicine journey. And, you know, he had been through all of it, man. I mean, this guy's a Navy SEAL. I mean, I can't even imagine what this man experienced and, and the sacrifices he made, you know? I mean, that's what those guys do. I mean, they're the baddest baddest of the baddest dudes right oh, yeah and they're supposed to be trained to be like oh man you, you know you can go through all this crap and but we're gonna make you so hard that you know you you know you're you know mentally you're not no that's bullshit too this man was hurt deeply i mean he told me that there were multiple times that he had a gun in his mouth cocked and loaded and he still to this day doesn't know how he's standing there and i'm thinking there and i'm like man i sure am glad you're standing here right now that's what i told him i'm like i'm so glad you're standing here having this conversation with me but his his big moment of breakthrough came when he sat with psilocybin mushrooms and he sat and he took deep dose what they call the heroic dose i mean he went all the way in you know he wasn't just popping a couple shrooms and going to a concert and you know trying to have a good time i mean he sat with these medicines with that medicine the way it's supposed to be sat with and and it showed him some dark dark shit but at the same time it took him and it finally facilitated a space it opened up a space for him to start to feel like he could heal, truly heal. And this is a man, I mean, he's the toughest son of a gun. I mean, I know I'm not messing with him. I don't know about either of you, but I'm not messing with him, right? Nobody's messing with this cat if you know anything about it. And yet he's, you know, in that moment, he was vulnerable to me in the sense that we were sharing this, you know, heartfelt moment about our journeys. And he was even willing to open up to, with me to that extent because it just, and I felt it. I mean, he started crying. Toughest dude on the planet, right? And he's crying. And I just was like, I've never felt like more compassion in my life. And I just was so grateful because I'm thinking to myself, those mushrooms might be the reason why this guy's standing. It probably are. Yeah. I mean, he was in this terrible place. And that's wow. like, dude, like, don't deny that the, I mean, like, you can sit there and you can knock it all you want. But I promise you, these things are helping people, a lot of people. And that's why ayahuasca is getting so much traction. Yes. People I mean, are hearing that, people yeah. are hearing about it mm -hmm. more and more and more and more. But the mental health situation, obviously, no doubt. I mean, it's huge. I don't even know how we do an E9 after this. this will, yeah. Do you want to just skip it? Well, <laughs> I mean, we could just do it. We have nine questions that are just, after yeah. especially what we just heard, is going to be just complete grab-ass slap-happy nothing Perfect. burger Love questions it. but uh yeah we might as well I mean, that's fire. some deep stuff that's cool I mean, i'm so happy that's for the you most, I mean. that's some i, of the most I appreciate y'all i've me heard share. on this show yeah. it's so different than yeah. it's not just your normal and i've known you for stuff. a long time yeah I've oh we partied i mean you yeah. knew me oh, of course oh, yeah and i've I mean, done a lot it's of awesome partying. to see where you're at right now that's cool yeah i mean i just appreciate y'all letting me share my story because for me i'm at a point in my life where i mean i mean geez i mean if i could win the masters i'd still be like oh yeah that'd be amazing i'd love to do that but i just want people to i want to I want to serve. I want people to know about these things. Like, I mean, these things get out there just like when the FDA approves some new drug that tells mm -hmm. you that's going to help you, you know? I mean, people need to hear about these things. And, I, you know, one of the things the medicine told me was don't be scared. Speak your truth, you know? And and I have been. And, and I was able to help a couple buddies this past week. And I'm, I'm just not scared to, to share. And and, 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 awesome. I, and so I appreciate y'all letting me do that. Of course, man. <laughs> From a couple people who have done it, and I, the more I hear, the more I'm like, there's some real shit happening with this stuff no so doubt thank you for no doubt for doing all that that's, that's i appreciate fascinating. it fascinating yeah thank um, y'all mine might be a few less now yeah i got gonna, a couple answers seven or eight yeah that's either way but we ask this to everyone sure and i have a feeling i know the answer now but um 
you trade places with one person. You get to walk in their shoes for a day. Who would it be? Dead or alive? Anyone in history? Mm. Paramahansa Yogananda. Same. I mean, yeah, yeah same. Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> God, we get that answer a lot. Okay. <laughs> who, who is that? Yogananda brought, um, kind of brought, well, he brought a, uh, he brought, um, Kriya Yoga to the West, which is his form of spiritual practice. Uh, it's a meditative practice and it's what, it's kind of another way that I kind of found my way back to God. But this guy was amazing. His, uh, his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, uh, changed my life. And, uh, it's part of, uh, outside of medicine, it has been the biggest, um, uh, thing that has really changed my life. And it's been very recent, actually. This has been within the last six months that this came into my life, but I feel like everything being divinely guided for me as it is for everyone, uh, it just was meant to be. But uh, it was the, the book changed my life, and then uh, it's it's just been an ongoing uh, adventure from there, but this man was amazing. I yeah. knew it was going to be something we didn't know yeah. about, and now, now I yeah. know where it came from. I have from. a feeling no one else will ever say that. All yeah, right. well, well, okay, cool This will me. go down yeah, as I the shittiest follow-up question in the history <laughs> of, of <laughs> interviews. All right, go back in time. You get one mulligan in your career. Ooh. Where are you taking it? <laughs> How about that little deep thinker? Mm. Well, I almost won that. Oh, not to not to bust Tiger's bubble, but I almost won that U.S. Open yeah. Tory yeah. at 08. And missed playoff by a shot or two? Two, two, two. Tiger and Rocco at one under, yeah. and I was at one over. And it's, oh, man. They're, they, I, now I'm have to. I would have to pick a shot, but let's just put it that way. There, I had my opportunities coming down the stretch on Sunday, and it just wasn't meant to be. So, I accept that. But I would have to think about that. So I can't tell you off the cuff right somewhere now. That, somewhere on that, somewhere on that open. open. Yeah, oh, yeah, you that, were right that, there on that. that. I can't that remember how you night. finished on eight. What you did on eighteen or anything like that. But I know you were right there. It was a layup. I think I made par. That pin was obviously in that front right, which I thought was wild. I love you. Got to love the USGA, right? Yeah. Of course, they're going to go exact opposite of what they do at the Tory event, and and they always have it over their front left in yeah. Tory, and then they dumped it front right on Sunday in the open. So that I thought that was pretty pretty wild, but. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I made par. I had a birdie putt, and I, I don't think I made it, but I had my opportunities. But again, as is, we all know, if it was meant to be, it would have happened. You know, it's that simple. So, yeah. But that was an epic week. I mean, I was playing on Saturday right in front of Tiger when he drains that bomb on the oh. back of 13. Which one? Well, no. Well, 13 was the <laughs> yeah. one, dude. I mean, I'm not kidding you. We were coming off the tee on 14, and so we're like kind of like, you know, 50 yards yeah. past the green, and we're a solid 50 yards from the edge of the cliff, and I'm like – I'm pretty sure this is going to be an earthquake because of this roar, wow, and we're just going to end up down there in the Pacifica. I mean, it was the loud, and I know all tigers' roars are loud, but good night, gracious day. This one God. was like, this one was like, stick your fingers in your ears and just like, hold on, man. Yeah. It was epic. And then you had yeah. the chip in either on 15 oh, or 17. 17. Hits 17. The pin, bam in yeah. the hole. And of course, the, it goes. The putt in. coming down the slope on 18. It's like from God. the right rough to the right pin. Right, right come yeah. on. That was just like you were you were in the mix and one of the most iconic finishes in golf history. History, period. and that was That's Saturday. That was Saturday when all that happened too, right? I mean, again, yeah. it, it doesn't matter, but I mean, you know, as the tournament's starting to unfold, I mean, the weekend is where that magic is happening. Like, damn, I tell people all the time, like, if he hits that putt too hard from the back of 13, it could go 100 oh, yards down the, 100, down. I mean, yeah. that pin was front right. Balls were just fine in the bottom of the hole that had, like, no business, one it, in a million type. Yeah. For the record, over it and did over. have some speed on it. When Yo, it went no when doubt. Back oh, yeah, he could have been pulling. But it was in the middle. It was in the middle. Yeah. Speed he could have been matter. hitting sandwich for his next That's shot. right. That's right. Um, all right, other than the majors, favorite stop on the PGA Tour? Mm. Man, I tell you what. You know, I was always a big fan of Dallas, even though I didn't like the golf course, just because <laughs> we had a good group of guys there. Yeah. And that was back in my 
That's when we first met. Yeah, that's yeah. right. When you were turning pro, and obviously yeah. you were a Dallas guy and all that, and um, that was great. That was really cool. I remember we played a practice round together, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's uh, that was just such a fun event. I played like absolute crap there because I just never did like that golf course, but it was a fun event. And I do. I always like Charlotte Quail Hollow. I just mm-hmm. think that golf course. I don't know if I how much I again. I'm I'm fifty fifty on which way I thought the golf course played better, the old way or the or with the redesign. But it's still awesome either way yeah Yeah, it's still and the golf course is still great and it's an amazing event quail hollow was always a good one all right i'll give you one here throwback city 2003 clemson tigers you guys win the national championship Mm -hmm. at karsten creek what do you remember what your team total was yeah 39 over Ah, plus 39 and i was looking champs that's a little extreme on the set i'm gonna have to agree with you yeah that's when it was just four rounds so the individual champ was four rounds yeah team play four rounds y'all didn't have a person in the top 10 and you won the championship we just had enough consistency i say we were consistently just good enough bad enough to win that's wild well it was one of those things where the golf course was set up so tough that you know it was just it was it literally it wasn't golf it was a survival test and and somehow we survived a little better than everybody else i mean there wasn't championship golf played that week it was just who who survives to win and that's it i mean it it took a u.s open on steroids you know what i mean it was just stupid 10 over as a team per day wins it 100 percent. so you get if you break 75 your world Perfect. Oh, you count, yeah. and that helps. Place is so we hard. Oh, and they had That's the rough. What, just yeah. to win. Imagine what took seventh. Yeah, no. Oh, we had I'm, a good year. We finished fifth. I, oh, yeah, we shot 79 <laughs> over. I think one of the – I always found Coach Holder to be a very – confident man and uh and that's you know that's a kind way of saying it but you know he was good at what he did he obviously won national championships but i specifically remember larry my head coach and i sitting in the uh interview room they wanted to interview us after one of the rounds and and holder was ahead of us and they said coach some of the best players in the country aren't breaking a hundred out here don't you think this is a little little bit much and he looked and he just stone cold face looked at the guy and he goes this is a championship not a tournament (laughs) <laughs> and, and i looked at larry and i was like are you kidding me right now and He's, i was like i was like thank god he said that i needed a good laugh yeah, that was good. 40 that's good who canazaris won the indy right yeah he, yeah, he rolled he was, oh he was he like shot 69 under, the last day he I mean, played, that's like shooting 59 bro mm-hmm. he played unbelievably he was under par for four days let me tell you that's unbelievable he was one under he shot 77 the first day i remember yeah. that that's yeah. a freshie the guy bald that's all, all right. there is to that's it uh you got to experience the Masters as an amateur. Yo. How many nights did you stay in the crow's nest? Mm. And any good stories? I stayed there the whole week. Wow. And yeah, we had some good stories. A good friend of mine and uh, the girl that I was kind of seeing at the time, we all snuck up in there, got behind the, you know, poured a little little beverage from the bar. I mean, it was really epic. I mean, we lived it up. And, and the fact that, obviously, the tradition of them letting amateurs stay up there it is quite frankly the one of the absolute coolest things you can do and do and and i'm sure my friend and and well i don't know if the girl that i was seeing at the time could give a crap but <laughs> i know my buddy appreciated yeah. it and it was um it was amazing and it, you know to be have the access to the to the champions locker room which is kind of right there mm-hmm. you know and then you go up to the crow's nest and everything it's just again i mean it's the most historical place that you know that's arguably in i the mean game of i don't golf. know which buddy you're referring to but that's something every single year he's sitting around when the masters comes on and he's like you're never gonna believe this yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just such a, he'll have that forever he did my buddy chase yeah he'll have that forever and now he's now he's an orthopedic surgeon have, and he's fixing people's legs have you ever so they actually i went and played it for the first time uh november before last they took me up there. Have you ever been up there? I've just seen the pictures, and it's, it's the like, size of the studio. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, not. And big. if you catch so a guy, because like multiple people stay up there, right? Like you catch a dude oh, yeah. that's a snorer. Yeah, like, yeah. dude, this is the biggest day of my life tomorrow. You need to 
stop that shit. Like, it's like you need yeah. to stop that stop shit. Stop that shit. Stop yeah. being you. Put a <laughs> pillow over the dude's head. Yeah, side. exactly. You got to stop. I'm trying to freaking get a little sleep. I can't sleep yourself, anyways, right? and you're snoring. Like, it's a crapshoot. Who are you saying? It is. It, it's almost like going to camp in a way. Like, you feel like you're at, at camp, and that's kind of the coolest part about it because you're like, wow, this is Augusta, and this kind of feels like I'm at, like, summer yeah. camp. Like, the, yeah. I mean, the cubbies are just big enough for the bed to fit in. There's just a sm- small little side table or whatever you want to call it and it's, it's like bear. Bam, that's it bed side table i mean it's 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 small and it's it's but it's amazing yeah. it's the yeah. bear man all right my last one here this feels like it's out of your realm now but with your new physique i was going to ask you current or former tour player that you'd least like to see in a bar fight oh. on the other side <laughs> you don't strike me as with your new enlightenment, I don't know that you're, you're fighting. I'm not much. Yeah, I'm not much for fighting, but, but you, um, could, you could do some damage if need be. <laughs> uh, it's hard to say, man. There's some. There's been some angry looking dudes out there over the years. I still say it. He's a big teddy bear, but I ain't never pissing Luke Dog off. I'm not pissing Lucas Glover off. I just, oh yeah, yeah. fellow tiger. I think he's, yeah, he's a fellow tiger, but Lucas just. I don't know. You know how you just sense that someone's got just got a, a pit bull underneath that that nice exterior i feel like behind all those books and yeah, reading. yeah you know he, and you'd see him in the morning and he's doing he's like finishing uh crossword puzzles in like 10 minutes i mean the boy is but he's he's got a brain on top of his head but i feel like if you let the lion out of the cage it might get a little it might get a little and his hands are about the roughest hand because he doesn't never worn gloves you yeah, shake yeah. it like oh my god and his hands are big so things. if they yeah. hit you he squares up on you but yeah i don't know there's something about Lou, and we grew up together so maybe it's just the history we have but I've always felt like if Lucas ever wanted to let the let the cat out of the cage, it might get a little it might get a little interesting. You'd have to really do something bad to get Lucas. Oh, agreed. To that point. Lucas is you an amazing it. person. Love yeah. him to death. He is awesome. Yeah. All right, last one. You uh you played on the world amateur team oh, yeah. with Ricky Barnes, uh, Hunter Mayhan, mm-hmm. um, over in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Celebration, I heard, got a little interesting. <laughs> Speaking my, of, my, my share of I, I just, I just said I'm not a fighter. This was the lead. This was the lead into this. Question. Yeah, there was a reason. Hey, yeah, and then Ricky and I, I mean, we're sitting there and we're taking this. I mean, this dude's pouring this shot down this volcano and it's on fire. And I mean, we're just getting lit. And I mean, I ain't lying. I was having fun. And I mean, all of a sudden, it you know, some shit starts getting talked. And I mean, you know, Ricky and I were, I guess, feeling good. So we, were, we ended up not teeing up against these dudes, but I thought for sure we were about to go smash back. Was it another team? Yeah, it was just like. You couldn't anything. remember what country it was. Oh, you'd have, you know what? Ricky would know better than I yeah. would. I mean, I was, I was lit. Yeah. I was, but I knew that it about, <laughs> I knew that it just about went down and, and it was about to get real, but somehow it got diffused. And, but we were, we were running hard. I mean, we were pumped. I mean, we played great yeah. that final round to win. And, and it was just epic. I mean, we did what we went to do, and that was win the thing. So, but yeah, I, I, some, some, a little chirping was going on, and then you know, chirps got a little louder, and uh, somehow Ricky, we managed to defuse it. Ricky's a big boy too, by the Ricky way. That was, that's a problem for. I don't know who the other team was, but I bet they didn't got Ricky another said, dude like that. Hunter almost passed out at the ceremony. Yeah, <laughs> and then. Y'all were having too much fun, chirping a little bit, and then this entire team wanted to fight y'all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which almost happened. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Good. Well, Hunter okay. just had heat stroke. I mean, yeah. you know, and then and then and then Ricky and I were like, "Where's our? Where's the next drink?" Because yeah. <laughs> we just won. Malaysia, what a That's place. a hell of a team too. You, Rick, and it, Hunter. We, we That's had a some tough fun. squad yeah. to beat. Yeah, we well, had man, a team. that year. We really appreciate you coming in. That was cool. That's a, yes, I it mean, was. Congratulations on achieving everything you have. This is. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've known you for a long time. I've never seen you this happy. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't really feel like I'm achieving, but I'm just trying to just. Just do the best I can, you know? I appreciate it, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Extremely interesting. Thank appreciate you. Appreciate y'all. All right. Well, that was DJ Trahan on Golf Subpar. A little different episode for us. Love Dived it. into some deep stuff, which, listen, I, 
with mental health and everything that's going on, I'm here for it. Yeah, and there's a lot of people exploring. I feel like it's becoming less taboo than it was a while back. More people are starting to experiment with it. More people are starting to have success with it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is about as visible a guy as you can be in the world of sports. He leans into this stuff. He's not afraid to talk about it. There's there's different options for different people, and it's cool to, like, you know, golfers have similar stories a lot of the time. Like, here's a dude that's completely different, and him, like, opening up about that stuff, I find it really interesting. Whatever he's doing, he's a unit, He's turned into a truck, by the way. Jesus. Go back and look at DJ Trey and Clemson yeah. for rookie year. And then look at him now. Different dude. Things change. Whatever he's Mops. doing. I, yeah, I need to get on that same routine. Drive for show and bet for dough this golf season on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets to tee off PGA Tour season. All right, let's get some fun ones going, okay? We got top 10 bets. We got, you know, low American, low Englishman, low all those group, kinds of things. All the stuff. You can do everything. Top 20s, whatever you want. Head-to-head matchups. You can do it all. And if you're thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. Let's uh, let's get to our picks. We're at the Honda Classic. Not the strongest Different field, field. Different field. A little, little let down after the last two weeks we're coming off of. But, hey, that's okay. And yeah. this is the hardest golf course in the world. I don't blame guys oh for God. not wanting to play it. It is so freaking Just, hard. Do you want to hate golf for four days? Yeah, cool. Yeah. Play this one. Uh, Sung JM is your favorite. Ball striking machine. Makes sense. Uh, makes sense. It blows 100 down there. It's Miss a one pure. shot. You make triple. Uh, my favorite. I'm going to go with a guy going off at 14 to 1. He lives in the area part-time of the year. Incredible in the wind. Got some of the best hands on the PGA Tour. My brother from another mother, Shane Lowry. Mm, big Shane. Maybe could avenge that L last year where the weather came in. He got kind of snatched that thing up from him. That was a tough beat. Tough beat for Big Shane. I was between two guys here, both going off at the same odds. I'm going to lean towards this man, Denny McCarthy. He's going off at 28 to 1. So that's not like the odds we typically see for a favorite. But 14th last week at Riv has been putting some really good golf together. He's up to 41st in the FedEx Cup, 61st in the world, like quietly been just moving up, moving up, moving up. The way he puts the golf ball. You got to hit it around PJ National, but he has been doing that lately. If he can navigate some of these tee balls and things like that, I think his his time's coming, I think, to get in the winner's circle. And it's probably going to be an event like this with a field like this on his first one. And he is actually my favorite bet of the week. Denny McCarthy is a top 10 at plus 280. I like that. I would, So the other guy I was between was Matt Kuchar. Uh, I would. Go, I think he's got the same odds for a top ten too. If you're Cooch for a little, really a little nice prop. Exactly. And this is a good place. Can flight it down, hit it under the wind, all that. Just... Doesn't beat himself too often. All right, my dark horse guy who's played really well around here lost in a playoff actually one year to uh, it was Russell Henley and Rory McIlroy. Uh, something about it gets him going. He actually took last week off to get ready for the Honda Classic. He's going off at sixty to one. Ryan Palmer. Ooh, RP man knows how to golf his ball in the wind and dance on the dance floor and dance. at the wedding and dance. He's dangerous. He's lethal in a lot of conditions. I'm going here with a guy that I think these are great odds for him, especially given this field. He's at 40 to one. Okay, he's coming off a T12 this past week, minus six final round, one of the best rounds out there. Talent-wise, I think he's about as good as anybody in the field. But you're getting him at 40 to one. Harris English, <laughs> Harry, swing it better. 40 to one. Oh, it's just one of my favorite all sleaze team in terms of swing. That thing just all day. Well, he's a dog. All day. He is a dog. All right. Well, those are our bets for this week. And make sure you get that FanDuel app. This app is so easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great odds. And when you win, you get paid instantly. And if you're in Massachusetts, get ready because FanDuel is coming soon. Make sure you check out FanDuel.com slash mass and take advantage of their great pre-live offers. So step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour. 
Go to FanDuel.com slash subpar and sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash subpar to get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. FanDuel, official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Here we go. Get Here, it. You ready? Get you ready? It. Get it, Disclaimer, must in. be 21 years and older in select states. First online real money wager, only $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step. To five three three four two in Arizona, one eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 seven, or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, one eight hundred nine with it in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, one eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty, or visit www.mahelpline.org slash problem gambling. Or one eight seven seven eight hope and why or text hope and why that's four six seven three six nine in New York one eight hundred five two two forty seven hundred in Wyoming or visit www gambler.net in West Virginia. It's that simple. It's that that's simple. all you do. Read it back to me. Uh, that <laughs> MA helpline. I thought that was in Hawaiian. I was like, uh, my help I was like, oh boy. <laughs> my, all right. My, come on, well, I want to gamble yeah. responsibly, Obviously. but also get amongst it. Take our picks. We're gonna we're gonna make some cash this week. Yes. Obviously. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.